following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So, interestingly, and I'm going to start off this past week's Parsha, Parsha Nasso. There's a verse that no one, everyone just passes over. It's a very interesting verse. Um, it says like this. Stated. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, one of the Ten Commandments is lo tignov, you shall not steal. That's a myth, by the way. It's good to know this. Um, it's not, when it, when it says in the Ten Commandments, lo tignov, really, it means you shall not kidnap. It doesn't mean steal. People oh, translate steal. It's the wrong translation. Um, it says lo tignov means shall not kidnap. There are numerous other places the Torah mentions stealing. Amongst them is this week's parsha. But um, but the do not steal in the Ten Commandments is nothing to do with stealing money, monetary. It's about kidnapping people. Yes, do not steal people. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's Was that a problem? Important. Must have been a big problem in the ancient world. Well, it's no a way. problem today in many well, Honduras, yeah, yeah, Mexico. Have, yeah, give it a trap. So it was a problem. It's always it's nothing new. Actually, in the U.S. on Friday, in the in a U.S. neighbor, a woman answered the door. Two guys came in with guns, and they they held their house. I mean, they, they didn't let it with her baby. She's a pregnant woman. What happens. Kidnapping is not a new thing. It's not an old thing. It happens today too. It was a stupid question anyway, because the Torah wasn't written at you know. No, what I'm saying is, it's don't think we, we live in a nice neighborhood. You think oh, it's a, you go across the border. I've been to Mexico City. I mean, you you can't. Anyone of means in Mexico City has bodyguards for their kids. Really? They go to school. I went to the Jewish school in Mexico City. It's like a fortress. They check you. There's like a they only they buzz you into a hallway. A, a security guard comes out, frisks you down, okay. until they let you into the school. The school is barbed wire on. Kids come to school with bodyguards. Walk them to school. Because it's a normal way of life. And people get kidnapped all the time for rent. It's a regular business. Anyway, so this week's parasha, parasha Nasso, had some amazing things. Amongst them, how are you? Small, cozy group. Hello. Why are you coming in a small coat? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look at that nice. Here you go. You're welcome. And there's mustard for these. Okay, so the parish is not so it says like this. After it deals with the Sota and then with the Nazir, mm-hmm. or actually before. Sorry, it's one of the first things in the parsha says a few lines which everyone glosses over. I can find it. Yes, it says like this. It says, wait, I'll read the Hebrew translate. You have it here. It's actually part of it is quoted here in your sheet. Number six. Well, you know, I didn't number anything here. But it says on the right side, Shibuda Dereb Nassim, number six. So those verses. It says like this. God spoke to Moses saying, Abel ben Israel, speak to the children of Israel. Ish, O Isha, a man or a woman, kiyasu mikol chatot hadam, that does, commits any of man's sins, limol ma'al ba'ashem, to, um, by committing treachery towards God. Vashma nefeshahi, and that person shall become guilty. 
these vados chatasam, they shall admit their sins, confess their sins, asher asu, that they did, that they have committed, they shivet ashamo, and they shall, and they, he shall make restitution, irosho, um, for his guilt, lechamishito yosifala. So law is, in, in Jewish law, is if you steal, and you admit to your stealing, you have to give a fifth back as a penalty. Fifth over the principle. So if you stole $100, you give a fifth when you, when you admit, when we catch you stealing, you have to give a fifth more. Okay, v'nasan l'asher asham lo. And you shall give it to whom the person he's indebted. So now it just mentions sin here in general, but the understanding is specifically stealing. The fact that it's saying you have to make restitution, what sin do you make restitution for? If you commit adultery, there's no restitution. And if you, if you uh, eat non-kosher, there's no restitution. Restitution is only on a monetary sin. What's a monetary sin? You stole, you ripped someone off. You stole money from someone. So you have to, besides obviously confessing your sin, and as we'll see, you bring a, you're going to bring a carbon, you have to make restitution. The first thing is to make good, and we discussed this in the laws of Tshuva, to the other person, the person you sinned against. Whenever there's a sin between man and man, so you need to um, first make restitution to the person. Mm-hmm. And then you can come to God. What's interesting is, just as a side point, if Hirsch points out on these verses, he says, why does the Torah say here, Limol mal ba'ashem, you committed treachery against God. What does God have to do? I stole from someone, I stole money from someone, so I make restitution to the person. Where does, why did I commit treachery against God? So he says many times when you steal, it's talking about, he says a case, and that's what it's talking about here, that you, you swore that you didn't steal. You went to a court of law and you, and you took an oath that you didn't steal. That's what most people, most, right, when you end up in court, so you, take an, you, you plead not guilty and you swear. So you swear in the name of God that you didn't steal something. So what happens is then, now it becomes treachery to God. So initially, I harmed a person. I stole from a person. But now all of a sudden that I swear that I didn't steal, so now it becomes... I'm telling, I'm, I'm bringing God into the picture. So first of all, any time you harm another fellow human being, it's really a treachery to God too. In essence, any sin you do, people say, hey, listen, I spoke to Hashanah about this person or I, I embarrassed this person in public. What does that have to do with God? It's between me and the person. Leave God out of it. No, but there's two lessons here. So first of all, the Torah is calling that treachery of God. If you, if you did something wrong to another person, you also did something wrong to God. And secondly, obviously, if you took an oath, so then, then obviously you're violating an oath of God because when, this is very important to understand. When you take an oath, and this is actually, uh, it's again, the Ten Commandments, the first of the Ten Commandments, and the second, the third of the Ten Commandments is, shall not say God's name in vain. There's also sandwiches if anyone wants. Uh, pastrami, corned beef, and turkey. Um, so you're taking an oath. What you're doing is, even in our American, in our beautiful American justice system, what you say is, I swear, right, Mm-hmm. to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth in the name of God and you're holding a Bible mm-hmm. that's what you do mm-hmm. so what does that mean what does that mean when you're stating that I swear in the name of God to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth what you're saying is just as God is true that's really what it means well what does God have to do right, we're a free country I don't believe in God what you're saying is just as God is true so true my so too my words are true right, that's what you're saying in essence which at the end of the day if you're lying so that's you're saying God is not true because what you did was you took an oath saying just as God is true so true my statement is true if your statement is wrong is false so then in essence you're, you're denying God so that's why taking a false oath is one of the very serious things very scary things yes 
so that's what, why it's called a treachery to God. So what you're saying, Rabbi, is that you know, in, in our Sorry. English common law, if you steal somebody, then you have to make restitution, and you have, and you you will go to jail. Okay. That's a separate thing. The Torah says make restitution yes. plus a fifth, and that's yes. the only punishment you get. Yes. It has nothing to do with it. There's no incarceration in the Torah for stealing. No, I, I get it, but is there, will there be consequences later on as you come to the world? No, to as long as you did, Shuva, you made restitution and you confessed your sins, you went to Shul and you kept her, you, you, you spoke to yeah, you. Okay. The Shuva, well, you're fine. You make up, you're not going to do it again. If you continue to do it, restitution doesn't help. Restitution helps to first get the sin between you hurt your fellow man. That's number one. You got to take care of that. After that, then you can deal with God. You do true. Mm -hmm. But there's no punishment. There's no imprisonment. Okay. So, um, so that's the verse. Now, what's interesting is we're going to see. We'll get back to this verse in a second. You learn an interesting law from this verse. I want to get to this case. A few cases here. They're very, um, as we'll see, they don't sound so practical, but they actually come up a lot in, in life, especially if you have a business. So case case number one. Scott, you want to read it for us? Well, Ruben ran a business selling electronic equipment purchases for his friend Shimon. Anything that uh, similar to <laughs> real characters in life. <laughs> How's your business, Ruben? Ruben received a shipment worth $300,000, which Shimon agreed to let him have on credit and pay back as he sold the merchandise. Unfortunately, Ruben's business turned sour and he found himself unable to pay back the money. Shimon was patient at first, not wanting to drive Ruben into bankruptcy. However, Shimon started receiving letters from his bank and its lawyers threatening to take action against him if he didn't pay back the loan immediately. He then turned to Ruben and uh, asked him to make every effort to pay back the 300000 the amount he needed to pay back the bank. Ruben realized the severity of the situation and started borrowing money from friends and family and was able to put together $250,000. He went to the bank to which Shimon owed the money and explained the situation to the manager. He prepared to deposit the $250,000 into the bank immediately to repay Shimon's loan but only on condition that the bank forgave the $50,000. At first the bank refused, but then after they understood that if they didn't accept the proposal, Shimon would declare bankruptcy and they would not receive anything, the bank manager agreed and signed the agreement. Reuben hurried off to tell Shimon the good news. Shimon was thrilled. After study, studying the bank receipt, Shimon said, wait a minute, it says here you only paid $250,000, you still owe me another $50,000. I thank you for the favor of convincing the bank manager, but you borrowed 300000 from me, and you paid back only 250000 to the bank. I want the other 50000 Who is right? What do you say? You know, Scotty, you know the answer already. Yeah, I can't say it. We discussed this already. I would say. You hear the case? So, so he got the bank to forgive 50000 uh -huh. The question is, does he have a right to do that? This guy's saying, listen, you borrowed 300000 I want my 300000 Well, uh, Shimon's loan to Ruben wasn't based on the fact of how much he borrowed from the bank. They're two separate transactions. It wasn't? Huh? It was not based. What well, is as far as we can tell from his reading this, he didn't borrow 300 based on the fact that he already owed, that he had already lent to Ruben. All right, the fact that the numbers were, were the same, all right, was a coincidence, in other okay. words. 
So I kind of think one's got, you know, one's a deal with the bank and one's doing two separate transactions. I, I kind of disagree with you. Do we know? Do we know? Uh, maybe I should, but I, with a coin. I do disagree <laughs> with a coin. Now, why, why, why should, why should Simon profit from the, from the, from the, why is he profiting? Missing He's making fifty thousand already. But was that not the Well, yeah, you say he you're assuming he borrowed the money based on the fact that he borrowed, he lent to Shimon. As far as this is written, these are two separate transactions. Could have happened three months apart. Does Does Reuben know that Shimon borrowed the money to lend to him? We don't know that. From what here, we don't know. We don't know that. We don't know. As far as we know, these are two separate transactions that happened six months, different time periods. Lent the money to Shimon. Is Shimon responsible yesterday. to pay that bank fifty grand? Huh? Is Shimon responsible to pay that bank the fifty grand? No. And he's profiting yeah. fifty grand on this transaction. Yeah, no. Oh, sure he is. No, he's not. How is he not? He's not profiting. He's not profiting because well, Ruben, maybe. he just told the situation. So Reuben on himself went over to the bank and made the deposit. Right, but the bank's. But he's, he's, he wants Reuben to give no, him the no, 50. No, no, you know who ultimately profits? Is Reuben. Why should Reuben profit? How does Reuben make a profit? Because he borrowed $300. Well, he only paid back 250 yeah, he's, he's Shimon's not, not profiting. Oh, yeah, Reuben's true, profiting. That's true. Yeah, you're right. The, the yes, no, but, but he's ending. It's not that. true. He is right. Shimon's ending up with $50,000 more in his pocket than he had before. Hmm? He's ending up with an extra 50000 Shimon, is, Shimon. Only if he's right and we collected the extra Yeah, almost, I'm saying. Yeah. So he's going to end up with an extra yeah. 50000 if he if he gets his way, if the best in rules. But what's to say that the loan at the bank was the loan that he gave the that was okay. he used that we loan to know. give him to that money? Mm -hmm. I mean that three hundred thousand could have been for himself. Maybe he did give three hundred thousand. Ruben gave Shimon three hundred thousand. Okay, fine. So it's a coincidence. And then it's like, oh, you know what? There's a business deal over here that's three hundred thousand. I'm going to go to the bank. And so mm -hmm. it's a totally separate, different thing that he goes to bank. We don't know, he, mm -hmm. but it could be. Right. Or what? Or if he. So at the end of the day, he gave back the value of three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, he owed three hundred thousand dollars. We're going to three hundred thousand dollars. No, but right. he gave the value. The right. bank wanted three hundred thousand from from Shimon, right? Ruvain gave him back the value of three hundred thousand dollars because now the bank is not going to bother him anymore. That was a three hundred thousand dollar value that he mm -hmm. he got disappeared. It was in the bank, though. Yeah, what I'm saying is, so Ruben did gain. I'm playing devil's advocate. What is Ruben did gain a value of three hundred thousand dollars. He didn't get cash. Fifty thousand. Shimon's not losing. So there is a value money? because the bank was coming after the three hundred thousand. Now the bank is not coming for, for anything for zero. So he's off the hook three hundred thousand dollars. So he got the value of three hundred thousand dollars. He didn't get the cash in his hand of of three fifty of three hundred. Well, I don't. All right, well, let me let me rephrase it. Let me ask another way. I'll be a devil's advocate to a devil's advocate. Does if Shimon's able to collect the full three hundred thousand from moving, is Shimon obligated to well, pay the other? Before if, this question is now, can he collect fifty? I know and say let's he, say he does. Let's, let's say we don't know what happened, but let's say the base stand said, you know, Ruben, you do owe fifty thousand, the extra fifty thousand. Now is Shimon obligated to the bank to pay that extra fifty thousand? No, well that's for sure not the bank. The bank. Forgave the loan. Quite, uh, yeah. They signed an agreement. They forgave the loan. I actually had this question. Uh, someone asked me last week. Eh? Practical a guy called me. If you know they have these credit cards negotiate, you can negotiate down. If you have credit card debt, mm -hmm. you can pay 50 cents on the dollar. And they'll take it, right. you know, depending on the time. If 
few years ago when everything was everyone was going bankrupt, yes. they yes. were very happy to take fifty thousand dollars. So there's nothing wrong with that. Meaning you don't have to. Let's say afterwards, I, I negotiate down. This guy, this is the question the guy asked. He said I negotiated down, and now I happen to two years later, I'm doing great. Do I have to go pay back the bank the other fifty cents in the dollar? No, of course not. Does that apply to a bankruptcy? No, bankruptcy. I'll explain in a second. But the point is, he negotiated down. He everything's listen. They forgave him fifty cents on the dollars. Once you forgive, you can't change your mind just because the guy now is rich two years later. Win the lottery, you can't come back to him and, and take back what you forget. Same thing here. The bank made an agreement with 250. The fact that now, let's say, Shimon wins the lottery the next day and has another 50,000 doesn't want to do that. That's I, forgiven. It's done. I it's not bankruptcy, I, I just want to say, bankruptcy is different because mm-hmm. bankruptcy, they're not forgiving it. Just the law says they can't collect it, so they're screwed. If you make the money halachically, Legally, you don't have to pay back, but luckily, if you win the lottery the next day, you have to go give it back. You still owe them the money, luckily. Bankruptcy doesn't absolve you from the omen. It, legally, they can't come collect. Uh-huh. They didn't forgive it. They still want their money. If they're able to get their money, if you win the lottery the next day, luckily, you have to pay them back. That's a separate issue. So, guys, so, let's, so as far as this is concerned, so, so the first thing is, is you find the Shokhanar, by the way, explicitly discusses this exact case. Well, not the, sorry discuss this case where I go and pay back your loan fee. Let's say a nice guy, figured I have a friend, he's not doing well, I'm going to go to the bank and pay off his loan, pay off his mortgage in his house. Now, can I go and ask him back for compensation? I know he's struggling, he was going to declare bankruptcy, and I went and paid off the loan fee. And then he makes money, can I go and now ask him back for the money? The guy who paid off his loan, my friend. So the, 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 the Shokhanov says no. Yeah, according to most opinions, because you offered, opinion. you offered, right? Because you, you didn't offered. offer, you didn't even tell him. You just went. Yeah, to I, mean, but I mean, you're offering. You, you your friend of your right. volition. It says yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's similar to a case that they put down here. It's called Mavria Hari. So the first case, look, first quote here on the bottom. Who is right? So this is quoting the Shacharim. It says if one pays back his friend's loan without his knowledge, even if he has the contract, the borrower does not have to reimburse him, even if he's being pressured by his friend's creditors. Since he can claim, I could have convinced him to forgive the loan. Meaning, you, first of all, you didn't necessarily do me a favor. I might have gotten, gotten lower, gotten the loan lower. That's number one. Number two is, if they say it's similar to what we call the Talmud has a case. It's called Mavriachari. It means let's say, you're, you know, I'm walking down the street and I see a pit bull attacking uh, your lion, your flock of sheep. Okay, or a lion. A re means a lion. Classical case is a lion. Uh, this guy's a shepherd, and he sees a lion is coming to attack his sheep, his friend's sheep. And he scares away the lion. Mm-hmm. Okay, he does mm-hmm. some cat call or whatever. Revs his engine and he scares away the lion. So he saved his sheep and it cost him money. Let's say the case was, you know, because of that, my car got stuck in the mud while I was chasing the lion, whatever the case is. Can I charge the guy I saved his sheep mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. scaring away the lion? Mm-mm. Says the Talmud, no. no. I was doing this and you were doing a charitable act. Very mm-hmm. nice. You're a nice guy, you're a hero. But you can't charge him. Right. Unless he asked you to do to chase away the lion and then you incurred expenses, that's, so that's case number two. The shop says, mm-hmm. this is similar, I mean, a case of where you paying someone, someone's loan back, says similar to the case of Mavriachari, chasing away a lion from one's flock. Although I did you a favor, and there was expenditure, it cost me money to do you that favor, I received no reimbursement. If you didn't ask me to do that favor for you, yeah, I don't have to pay you back. Okay, that's, that's the comment. So that would seemingly be the answer to this question. Listen, you went to the bank to pay back my loan. Moving when um, to the bank, paid back his loan. Listen, I didn't ask you to do that. So you still owe me $50,000. Listen, you, want, you still have to pay me. That would be on the surface. That would be the similar 
it would seem like that's the case. Says this chuvayer that I have from his name is Rabbi. Got his name. Zilberstein. There's an actual question that was asked to the rabbi. So he says no. This is this is different, and it's based on a concept in this week's parsha called shibuda derabnasi. Shibuda literally means um, indebtedness or let's say a lien. Maybe he didn't use the word lien. It's no good translation. But if you look back to the word, the verses we read before, if you go to number six and seven here. So very st- interesting language. It says like this. It says, he adds a fifth in verse number seven. Um, the nasan, the last words in, in verse number seven in Hebrew, he says, the nasan lasher asham lo. He gives it to the one against whom he was guilty. Okay, so let's see how our article translates. Um, he gives the principal, he, principal amount and he adds a fifth to it. He gives it to the one to whom he's indebted. Okay, that's what it says. Now, what's it should say the one, the one he owes the money to. Why does it say the one he was guilty? Question is, that's the question. Um, the Talmud asks, is why why is the language asham lo? It's the one that he stole from. It should say the one that he stole from. Why is the Torah? It sounds like the one he's guilty. The one he owes. He he's he was guilty to. The one who is indebted to. So the Talmud says from here, it's called Shibuda Dar Nasan, Nasan Rabbi Nasan is the one that made the statement. From here we see, it says that if you have, if I owe you money, okay, and you owe him money, so I am now indebted to him as much as I am to you. Meaning I can go, he can come to me and collect the debt. Meaning if you owe him money, mm-hmm. and I owe you money, he can collect his debt from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's called third party I don't know. I don't know if there's a legal term for it in American law. Maybe she'll be. Maybe Judge will to help, help us. It's called. Um, you understand the case? This is the, here. I quoted actually. I quoted the Gemara. In the bottom paragraph. The Gemara says like this. Here. The bottom paragraph says um, on the bottom right-hand page. It says like this. Nassim says. From where in scripture can we derive that if one has a claim of a mana, means uh, it's a hundred dollars, against his fellow, and his fellow in turn has a claim of a hundred dollars against his and third guy, third party, from where do we derive that we can, we take the mana, we can take the hundred dollars from the last one, the debtor's debtor, and give it to, directly to the first one. For scripture, it's a little convoluted, but I'll explain it. I think we understand. For scripture states, shall give it to the one to whom he is guilty. So again, I owe Brian money, and Brian owes Scotty money. Okay, so Scotty can come, and you're not paying him back. Scotty can come directly to me, even though I had never met Scotty in my life. He does. I never met Scotty in my life. Okay, but the fact, and when I took the loan, speak right? When I took the loan, one second, let me just speak it out, and then you speak up. When I took the loan from you, I never heard of Scotty. I don't even know he existed. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I borrowed money from you, is that the case? One second, I borrowed money from you. You that uh, sorry, I owe money to you, and you owe money to him. He can come and and collect from me. So so I don't know how that works in Texas law. It's like a guarantor. No, it's not a guarantor. Well, it's not. I mean, because I never knew he existed. Guarantor means I signed his law. Assumption that you, I lent you money because I borrowed from him. Right, right. The meaning. Well, there's two ways to understand it. Let me hear Scotty's question before I get. No, no, no. I just had this one. What do you like? Just don't like. My deed, 
you and I had no, no, we didn't know each other. It had nothing to do with Brian and I's deal. It had nothing to do with you and Brian's deal. And I understand, but it's like if I owe, if I owe Walgreens seven dollars for a prescription, and I go to CVS, CVS can't, I mean, can't go to Walgreens because I owe seven bucks. I owe Walgreens seven bucks, and then I go to CVS. So I, 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 I can't understand how. Well, the, the, well how I don't understand your analogy exactly. Well, no. I, that's a bad analogy. What do you mean, CVS Walgreens? You, those are two people you open. Meaning, right? I mean, CVS can't say, "Oh, there's a seven dollar." CVS can't charge me more no, money no, than pay no, back. Not charge you money. No, that's two different borrowers. Borrow. Right. You're the, the same borrowers. guy. You're two different transactions. That's what I'm saying. Two different transactions. I don't, I don't see how you can then come to me. By the way, they have. You should just know the day schools in Houston. There's a deal Federation made. And if a child comes to your day school, switching from another Jewish day school, if they still owe tuition the other day school, you now accept it. That's the rule. <laughs> Be careful. They do. It's in practice. No, I just. That's the rule in all the schools. They made I, up I, because I people I don't do that. They, how uh -huh. you know, they, they don't pay the debt in one school, then they move to the next school, and they don't. Because so the rule you is you can't take a student who didn't pay his tuition. What, what if I were to deny it, then oh. go back to Brian and say, "Oh, I never got it from him." Time. Well, so then you sign it. You have to, like any time you pay a loan, you have to sign an agreement. Obviously, I show him that I paid up his debt. Does this That's apply even though you're not late on your payment? Patrice, you want to see that we're discussing this case here? Well, you think about a garnishee. That's exactly what they're doing. But does this apply even if you are not late on your payment? I'm late to him, but you're not. But you're current with me. He can still come to you and say, Yeah, well, if I paid you, then he can't come to me anymore. The point is, if I still owe no, you the money. You don't owe, you're still, you got, me and I have a three year term, whatever. So we're only in the first year of the three year term. So you're just making these monthly payments. Okay, he's collecting that, but yes, I owe him. Exactly, the full yeah. amount doesn't, it doesn't make a difference if I'm late or not. The point is, okay. I'm, I become, well, there's two ways to read it. The Akron I'm talking about, there's two ways to understand. Either I, he become, I become his debtor, since you owe him money and I owe you money, yeah. so. I now become his debtor, which is, you're right. We only, we need a pussy to tell us that. Without the verse, from this week's partial, we wouldn't know this. We wouldn't be able to say this. Not everyone agrees with us. But we pass, can we do rule like, uh, but I'm saying you're right. We need the verse to tell it. Without the verse, it wouldn't be necessarily rational. It's only because the Torah is that we're learning it. From this verse that it says, he pays it to who he's guilty to. And, and we understand that to include any debtor, a debtor of a debtor. But you are not required to pay more than you borrowed from me. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, I can only pay right, exactly. I only owe what I could, he could only collect what I owe you. Um, the the uh, and this becomes it's very very practical. I didn't put it here, but as it states, if someone dies um, and there's an estate. So the question is, who can collect from that estate? The people, let's say, the people, the inheritors say, listen, it's my own money. But if your dad owed someone money, he can now come and collect from the estate. Now it doesn't belong to the dad anymore. It belongs to the to the inheritors. So that's yeah, a similar the concept. Deal, so the the deal was made to the estate. The estate made the deal. No, the deal was made when the father was alive. There was no estate. It was his money. He borrowed money and he was bad estate. on his debt. Now I'm his kid. What do I have to do? Why should I have to pay my dad's debt? Right? So I'm just saying that's where it's applicable. And the Gemara talks about that a lot. That's where it's applicable. The Gemara says no. Shibudur of Nasa means they, the, the, the Yisoma now take over the debt of the dad, just like I'm taking over, meaning since I own money, so you're taking over his debt, so to speak. And even if it comes at a later time. So that's, so now, based on this, so, so that's what uh, Rabbi Zoboshtay wants to say, that in this case, that's what happened here. When this guy went to the bank to pay back $250,000, so 
So since he owed money to, again, Ruven owed the money to Shimon, and Shimon owed money to the bank, so the bank is Shibuda Dorab Nasi. So he, he had a right to deal with the bank. It wasn't just he just waking up one morning and saying, I'm going to pay off this guy's loan. The bank was his creditor in that sense. He was the debtor of the bank. I mean, creditor, <coughs> debtor. Right? He was the creditor of the bank. He, was a de- he had a debt to the bank because the bank had a right to come to him since he owed money to Shimon. So that, that's how he's applying it. So therefore, he had every right to go to the bank. And if the bank forgave him for $50,000, so... So that's it. He paid back the whole three hundred thousand dollars. Like he negotiated fifty cents on the dollar yeah, with the credit card company. It's the same thing. One second, yeah. and therefore he's saying it's a I done deal. You Shimon now can't come to me and claim give me fifty thousand dollars. He only cannot. Okay, cannot. cannot. According to what he's saying, because okay. he he uh, satisfied the debt because of Shimon or nothing because of his concept. It's not like the case where I'm chasing away your line. For that, I'm doing you a favor. Here, I'm not doing you a favor. I'm doing myself a favor. I'm de- indebted to, the, to your bank because it's a three third party here. And therefore, the bank has a right to come to collect from me, technically, if you're not going to pay. And therefore, when I negotiated $50,000 down from the bank, off the 300000 that was my right because I do have a connection to them. It's not just a third party here. You have a connection then for three hundred thousand. Exactly. You don't have it for two fifty. If you negotiate exactly. that, you're you're now you're now making the the borrower look bad because they're taking fifty cents on the dollar. You're making the roommate look relevant. bad. I'm saying well, they're well, agreeing. Well. Listen, that's an agreement. Just like the, just like the credit cards. Listen, you're right. If I you, I'm not going to get another credit card from this company once I negotiate it down, that doesn't affect. That doesn't mean I didn't pay. As far as Allah is concerned, no. the restitution was made. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Was the restitution made mm-hmm. for my debt? I'm Shimon. Was the restitution made? Sorry, I'm Ruben. Was the restitution yes. made for my debt? Yes. I paid off my three hundred thousand dollars. No, you didn't. You paid yes. fifty. If you forgive me, if you forgive me fifty thousand, yes. Uh-huh. If you forgive me, you're the debtor. That's the point. Since the bank was since I owed him money, yes. That's what Shibuda of Nassim says. The bank was my debtor. That's what Shibuda of Nassim saying. Three hundred thousand, and they forgave it. They forgave it. They're allowed. They're allowed to settle. They settled. They could forgive the whole thing if they want. Let's say they forgave the whole thing. What's that, Scotty? Let's say I negotiate with the bank. I'm not. I don't have to pay anything. Okay. So is there a problem with that? No. They forgave me on my loan. It's just because I didn't borrow the money from it. It was ruined. It is. Wait, That's Shibuya of Nuts in the state. It was state. Shimon's loan to begin with. Shimon borrowed $300,000 from the bank. So if Ruben that goes to the bank and gets him to take $10, Baruch Hashem, he did a great... Shimon still has $300,000 in no. the bank that the bank's going to say, Oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. Why would so you say that? They forgave it already. They forgave it. They forgave exactly. it. So you're saying something else. Let me explain. So now you're saying he's they're screwing him because now what's that? What you're saying is, oh, so that's a different question. So that's a, that's a different question. Let's say now Shimon's going to have damages because he can never get another loan from his bank. That's a different question. But that's a separate issue. The question is, did I fulfill my restitution? Yes. My low wait, wait. Now you have a new question. Who asked if Shimon's going to get damaged from this? He'll never get another loan. He'll have to close down his business. That's a new question, yeah. which we'll discuss. Yeah. Right. That's a separate we're going to get. So that's a very good point. Next lunch, two weeks. No, that's no, no. Today's lunch. But I'm saying is that's a different question. It's who would have to pay if there's damages done to Shimon because of this deal? Who would have to pay? That's a separate issue. But as far as restitution, did I fulfill my payment of the loan? Yes. Okay. I fulfilled my payment. 
And you have another issue. What happens if the guy now is credit rating is Chatel? Yeah. You know, he goes online, the XC, you, XF, you what's it called? Equinox. I'm not sure that, that and he checks his credit rating. 250 from a 300, yes, the bank's taking it. Yes, you're making a deal. But are you saying, are you asking me if I think that, that he has paid the $300,000 back? Yes. Yes. Legally, he has. By the way, in American law, I told you. Who received the money from Shimon? One second, wait a second. He didn't receive the money. If I negotiated 50 cents of with my credit card. Did yeah, they yeah. pay my back? Did they pay back the credit cards? Legally, am I absolved from my loan? If I paid, if I negotiated my credit card company, fifty cents on the dollar. But yes or no? And they accepted. Yeah. It's a written agreement. They accept. Yeah, but who did you who did you get the credit card from in the first place? You got credit it from card. the grant. Right. You made that agreement with that party. Yeah. You okay. made an agreement. Ruben and Shimon made an agreement. Now where Shimon got the money, who knows? But he put it in Ruben's hand. Okay. There's three hundred thousand dollars. So. It seems just logical to me that Ruvain owes Shimon $300,000, and if he makes a $250,000 thing to the bank, that's great that he made the thing with the bank, but, but he got the cash in this situation from Shimon. Okay, so, that, that's, so that's the principle <laughs> we're establishing here called Shibudur Nasan. You're right, it's not, it's not something you would have came up with on your own necessarily. That's why you need the Torah. That's why you have God. <laughs> okay, one second. And the point is, and it's saying, yes, I have a relationship with you, even though I borrowed from him. That's exactly what Shibuda Ramnasan is saying. My relationship is, is with you as much as it is with him. That's exactly what we're saying here. Once you're his debtor and I'm his debtor, now we become one big happy family. I see what, but I you see don't have to agree. The fact that I mean, this almost touches on interest and why we don't do interest. Oh, we get that. In a sense, mm-hmm. it almost seems like he's. Ruben borrowed from Shimon. Ruben, by by profiting at fifty thousand dollars, pretty much, all right, seems to have gained a bonus for nothing. He negotiated, in the sense we get this idea of you know how you should, you know you don't make money off money and this that and the other. It's almost like you made you make fifty thousand dollars off nothing. You have nothing against making bonuses. Well, actually, bonuses he has good merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with making. He didn't make. It wasn't money interest. Off the money he it wasn't interest. There's nothing wrong no, with making not, money. We're not against. Torah's not against making money. We're no, no, I understand money. that. But it's just the interest is a problem, which is the next case. So look, turn the page. This is the case. Uh, this is your case. Interest, but I know, but it's not. Interest is not. Rabbi, do we have nothing wrong with making money? Yes, the answer is according to Rabbi Zilberstein, it's 100% paid off. He does not own the fifty thousand dollars. Scotty, if Scotty was on the bed, then he would not agree. So that fifty thousand dollars is just boom gone. Yes. Forget about it. Again, Forget about it. Protect the innocent. That's what he said. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm here three times. Brian, there. We got everyone. I mean, no, I mean, that, you don't spell your name like that, do you? I spell B R I. You're right. To look at case number three. So, so we'll get this. this by the way, there's another aspect that she says here. I just want to put in, which might help you. There's another point here that he makes is that. That he says like this. Firstly, in this case, Shimon cannot claim he was not intended to pay the debt. Meaning, normally we said the reason why, if I go and pay off your loan to the bank without asking permission, listen to this, guys. This is an interesting thing. If, if I go and pay off your loan, we said you don't have to compensate, right? But here, why? Because because you can claim I could have negotiated down with them. Who said they would have charged me the whole time? I might have negotiated. In this case, he says he couldn't claim that because he says the facts were in this case that. Um, he can claim he's not intending to pay the debt. 
um, or he might have forgiven the bank, might have forgiven him. He had pressured Reuven because he was sending Reuven letters. He said, listen, my bank is coming after me. I need that $300,000. So it was very clear in this case. He said he pressured Reuven to pay the loan as soon as possible so he can use the money to pay the bank. So therefore, it wasn't like I was just going to the bank that I never met before. He told me, listen, he needs the money yeah. to pay the bank. Yeah, the reason right. why he's bothering me, in the beginning he wasn't bothering me. So the reason why I'm, I need the money tomorrow is because the bank is sending me notices and tomorrow they're going to send a lawyer and then it's over, I'm going to lose it. So I went and took care of you at the bank. You told me the bank is the issue. I went and took care of the bank. So it makes it a little, still don't agree, but... So and that makes, that makes sense, yeah. The bank should talk to Shimon, though, not to Roy. Right. That's what happened. No, he didn't. No, no. The bank Shimon went. What? Well, Shimon went and spoke to the bank himself. At the end, Shimon went and paid the bill. Sorry, right, you're right, Ruben. No, yeah. so he did. The bank spoke to Ruben. They shouldn't have, though. No, oh, you're saying they should have talked to Shimon. Right. Because oh, he, he was actually right. the original debtor. Yeah. They should have called up Shimon and said, this guy's here in the bank. He's making us crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, then now would now nice. be okay yeah, because so then Shimon... It's an Israeli bank. This is Israel. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, the fact that he's going to die in the cycle. Yeah, he left out. You negotiated 225 instead of 250. You paid 25 too much. Okay. So that would be a valid argument. If he claims he would have negotiated more. But that's the point. He's saying he said he needs to get $1,000 to pay the bank. I got, I got to take care of you. If you would have said I couldn't negotiate, that might be a valid argument. So look at case number three. This is relevant to what you told me. This has happened to me. I've, I've actually dealt with this case myself, personally. It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to many of you. Um, no, case number two. Sorry. This, I meant case number two. So top of this, you lend someone your credit card. Okay, someone's short for cash and they need to make a purchase of cash. A, a graphic illustration here. <laughs> Okay. That's so Bob was short on cash. So Bob, his name is Bob. Short on cash. Brian gave Bob his credit card. Okay, to make some purchases on it. Brian gets charged financial. So now what happens is it wasn't paid back, and Bob didn't pay back in the 30-day grace period. So now Brian is now going to be charged interest by his credit card company. Mm -hmm. okay. Can he charge that? And normally, of course, interest is prohibited. You can't charge someone with fellow due interest. That's right. prohibited. It's a biblical right. prohibition. So now, can Brian needs to pay his credit card company, and his credit card company is getting finance fee of twenty-five yes. bucks and yes. accrued interest of twenty-one uh, percent. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. yeah he can. can he charge Absolutely. Bob Absolutely. the interest? That's he's yeah. not charging him. Yeah. That's through. I mean, he's not charging yeah. him. Yeah, he's not profiting. back. It's a repayment. You're contradicting yourself, Scott. Let me explain why. I know. Let me explain. No. Contradicting himself. No, don't make the interest. No. Besides the fund. Because Scotty said before, if I, if you lend money from him, what do you have to do with the third party, with the bank? Here, who did the bank lend the money to? To Bob or to Brian? The credit card company lent the money to who? Who was? To, to, to Brian. It's Brian's account. Okay. Yeah. So they lent the money to Brian. How could, so now who's charging? So when, when Bob goes and is paying Brian, there's nothing to do with the bank. You can't say the bank is charging him the interest. It's Brian is charging him the interest. It's prohibited, the biblical no. prohibition of charging interest. Oh, so he can't it charge Who's charging interest? Oh. It is understood it's a question. today, maybe not back then, today it is understood that a credit card yeah. has actually a 28-day pay cycle, but we'll say 30. The 30-day pay cycle, if you don't pay it, you get charged interest. It's not... Everyone knows it. So what? So it's, it's who's charging the interest? It's the bank to Brian when he's paying interest now. Is he paying the interest to Brian or to the bank? No, he's the bank. Paying actually to the bank. Why? It's third party. You said before. What does the bank have to do with Bob? They never met him in his life. 
<laughs> they never met Bob in his life. This is contradicting when to what you were arguing before. with Brian, he absolutely understood that. The bank never met Brian, Bob in no, his life. No, Bob knows it. I had this case, but let me just tell you, this is a true story. If he doesn't pay, you're gonna you're gonna charge him interest. You're gonna the bank will charge him. Question is, is he allowed to? Question is, no. Who's the question is? Halakhically, is he allowed to? Because you cannot charge another Jew interest. If it's the bank that's charging the interest, if Bob is paying the bank, if he who's Bob's creditor? That's the question. Is Bob's creditor the credit card company or Brian? Brian. That's Brian. the question. Before you told me that it's not the credit card company, it's yeah. Brian who's. It is Brian. And now, Brian. so that Brian can't charge him interest. But the instrument. Yeah. So Brian can't charge him interest. Okay. It's prohibited. He is. Well, so Brian has to. He's charging him more than his loan. His loan was he bought. Long johns for fifty bucks, or whatever, he, right? And right. now right. he's paying right. back seventy bucks for the long johns. Okay, so so that's interest. You now to charge interest. People you loan money to are Gentiles. You now to charge interest. Then you don't pay. That's a lot. That's a lot. And based on Scotty's logic, you can't charge. On Scotty's logic, you would not be able to charge interest. Logic of before saying the bank has nothing to do with the third party. Right? He only uh, could deal with you. He, the bank can't deal with him. Right? So now. Well, I don't know. I'm asking who's. Yeah, the bank. Who are, no, that's the question. I'm asking. I'm asking who's charging him. So then that's a problem. Then you can't do it. Right, so let me tell you a case that happened. The line case is apply in this case? Who's no. the line? Oh, in the sense that, well, no, because no. I incurred a cost for his for giving him the money. Yes, you did. Oh, so well, that's nice okay. So we'll get yeah. to that's the that's the second question that's got to ask. There's damages to you. Can I charge it for damages? Like the question of the room right? right. So we'll get there. So before that, the, the, I just want to tell you. So this case, I, the bro, um, I don't want to really shut the tape recorder, but a brother-in-law of mine was in bad financial straits so many years ago. Thank God now he's doing very well. And uh, he came to me. Can you imagine how bad it was? He came to me for love. <laughs> yeah, I was single. This is when I was single. So he, he had a, he had medical clinics, and he was going bad. And it was bad news. He owed a lot of people money. He really needed money. So when I was, I used to, you know, you get all these things in the mail, like for credit. I mean, I shouldn't really admit this. We should the paper. Right. Company earn income off the purchase of roof and lens if I'm financing it monthly. So you asked me this question before, but what say it again? Just plan. You did. You asked me. Oh, David Marvin owns a finance company. Yes. He owns a finance company. Yes. David Marvin is lending Reuven Windsor to go out and purchase a forklift for his business. And so you're the lender. I'm the lender. You, know, you can't pay the interest. I, am I allowed to? Earn, it's a company loan. It's not a personal. I'm loaning the money to Reuven Lindsay's company. All right. Right, so there's so there's there's a way interest? no, but there's a way there's a loopholes I, there's I, a way to do it there's a way to set it up halachically prop it's called a heter iska, okay. which there's a there's a contract that you sign an agreement where you couch the terms not as a loan but as a business investment. you're investing in his business in essence. So, but if David Marvel so, works for a company and and he is not and he and he companies the company's non-Jewish owned it's not a problem then he's yeah, yeah. yeah non-Jews are allowed to charge interest to, to Jews right. only Jews can't charge the fellow Jews but anyway but if but it, there's a way there's loopholes by the way so this is what happened in the case of my brother-in-law the, I went to to ask the question at that point it's like 15 or more 15 years ago and uh, they told me I should do this document, which is in this book. If you ever want to see it, I can send you a copy, which basically couches it as a business investment as opposed to a loan. 
So anytime you, there is the loophole that's used for child, there is a loophole which is used because if you own a bank or you own any type of lending company, obviously this is a big business. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that Mr. Mintzberg was here because that's the business he's in now. Into mezzanine lending, so there's a way to do it allegedly. You There's a document where you couch the terms of the loan, not as a loan, but as investments. So if I'm lending you fifty thousand dollars to buy your home, so I'm investing in your home, so to speak, as opposed to lending you the money. So I, so that's really that's the loophole. So that's what they told me to do in that case. But my argument is um, because we have to end, we're past overtime. But my argument is that according to my original, the original Shibuda the Nasan, according to that concept where third party becomes your debtor. So then maybe he is allowed to. It's not, you, you can't charge him the interest because you're not charging the interest because he has a relationship with the bank. Meaning, not like Scotty. It's original where he changes my flip back and forth. Three times. Right? So meaning, according to our original principle of Shibuta the Rabnasin, that means if he, you, he owes you money and you owe him money, so the bank technically can come to him according to Allah. So you do have a relationship with him. So maybe they can, they, it's not, he's not paying you interest, he's, he is paying the bank. According to that original principle, I'm saying you might be like, he doesn't say that. I never discussed this with anyone. The original principle was, if I owe you money and you owe him money, so he can come directly to me. So I'm saying in the case of the credit card, if if you're lending Bob your credit card, Brian's lending Bob his credit card, the bank, even though the bank is the original, the bank is lending you the money, but technically they can go collect from him now because he owes you money and you owe them money. So then maybe you'll be permitted, according to that principle. I didn't oh, see I anyone see. who says this. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't deal with it in the yeah. first case. Yeah. Right. In the case, okay, we'll find that anywhere. question, how do you get around the requirement that the IRS has that Which you have to charge interest? No, you have to charge interest. Yeah, you do. Why? When? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Even to a family member. That's right. Because we've had a really hard time with that. I recently dealt with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, and just I buy have, me the law. I don't understand the yeah. law. Yeah. For a loan? You can't isn't, give a loan to a family member? Isn't there yeah. that principle that we go with the law of the land? That yes, but one second. I, I need to understand the law of the land. What's, explain me the law. What's the law of the land? She's right. What's the law of the land? Okay, you can't, can't you lend you money can't to a family member? No. For no interest. It's got to be a handshake deal. What do you mean you can't There's a minimum amount you have to charge. It's not all that. If you're renting, you got to rent at a fair market value. Everything. That's something else. That's no, rent. it's all the same thing. No, I'm saying if I, I can't give a gift to a family member? Give to a different amount. Well, yeah, but it's gift tax. Okay, gift is different. Okay, but right. But even if so, even if it's even if you want a loan, let's say you want to get around that gift. The gift formulas, you only give ten thousand dollars a year, let's say, because of no, right. under the right. fourteen. So now you want to give fourteen. So now you want to give fifty thousand. You say, I'm going to give you a loan for fifty thousand dollars no interest. You can't do that because yeah. I consider that a gift. So you have to charge a minimum. Well, they they won't consider it a gift. They would impute the interest on them. Yeah. At fair market value. No, right. so you can't consider a gift because you have to pay gift taxes. I if can make a it a gift. gift. Yeah. If it's a gift. I'll be saying it's a loan. Then you probably gift tax. So yeah, so the, anyway, I'm not familiar with the law, but well, the, the same thing would be applicable. Let me explain. So Dina, first of all, Dina the Malchut of Dina, that concept you're mentioning, the principle, does when it contradicts Torah law, of course Torah law trumps the law of the land. It's only when there's no contradiction. Meaning what we're saying is, if, if the government it says... the law of the land trumps. No, I mean the Torah law trumps the law of the land. It means, I can't say, well, let's say you say you have to eat bacon in Texas. You know, if you're a true Texan, you need to eat bacon. You don't say, well, it's the law of the land, now I can have cheeseburger. Right? The Torah trumps the law of the land. When there's no contradiction, it means, let's say, tax law. They're saying you have to pay 8% taxes. 
whatever, 20% on your income. They just call something Right, else. so then, then you have to pay the taxes according to the Torah. Even though the Torah doesn't say you have to pay taxes, but since the law of the land says you have to pay taxes, now it becomes obligatory according to Allah. But if there's okay, a contradiction... a little bit more complicated. So one second, so if there's a contradiction between the Torah and the law of the land, of course the Torah trumps. The Torah overrides the law of the land. You don't say, uh, you know, the law of the land says homosexuality is, is okay today. Torah says it's not. Okay. So it doesn't mean now the law, the Texas law says it's fine. American law says it's fine. Federal law says you can marry two people now. So now it trumps the law of the Torah. No, of course not. Okay. I never heard you say that before. Okay. <laughs> okay, so in that case, the lending party would just have to set up the extra cost of making the loan to the family. Well, like I said, there's a loophole. The loophole mm -hmm. is to couch it in terms of a business investment as opposed to a loan. Which, by the way, is, is there's been two cases, so two precedents, let me just tell you, in, in American courts that upheld this heteriska. That means the American court system agreed, there was a case of usury, two, one case was in New York State, I think the other one was in Pennsylvania, where the American courts ruled the person, it was a loan, and he was charging 22% interest, a Jew to another Jew, took him to court because it was a violation of usury laws, which you're not allowed to charge over a certain amount of interest. He produced his heteriska, two from people, he produced this document that says it's not a loan, it's a business investment, even though it was a loan. But the, the document they signed says it's couched in terms of business investment. It was in Hebrew, mm -hmm. and it was translated in the court, and the court upheld it as, he's right, they signed an agreement saying this is not a loan. So the, the, so the, the Heter Iska, this, this, this document, which couches the terms of the loan as a business investment as opposed to a loan, was upheld by the American court system in two Different cases, I can give you. Wait, then, then you have to pay gift tax. Is that how that works? No, no, it's no, an investment. It's, it's, it's no, it's an investment. It's a business deal. It's not like you get a percentage of business. Right. So well, you know what I'm saying is, I'm giving you, I'm investing in your business for a 15% return on the loan, on the on the business investment. So sorry. in a sense, it's like a security loan. No, no, no not really. It's still investment. It's a percentage. Theoretically, it's still it's investment. But okay, you gotta go. But. Because you know, I was like, um, like let's say you're you're lending another family member money, and you want to you don't want to do. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom.